0: Welcome to a special edition of the Minnesotan pod. Today we will try our best to inform the 2025 grad year players on the recruiting process that will begin on June 15th. June 15th marks the first day an NCAA school can make contact with skaters heading into their junior year of high school. This pod will feature a coach, Bethany Browson from the University of St. Thomas, a player, Josie Hemp from Minnetonka, who's headed to the University of Minnesota, and a parent, Eric St. Martin, who just completed the process with his daughter Josie last fall. I hope you enjoy today's show. We're excited to learn more on this topic.
1: You need to stay up out in the streets if you can't take the heat. You need to stay up out in the streets if you can't take heat. You the can't take heat. Cause it can call like Minnesota. Call like Minnesota. Call like Minnesota.
0: Today we have University of St. Thomas assistant coach Bethany Browson with us to give her perspective on the recruiting season coming up in June. Bethany played her high school hockey in Roseville and went on to the University of Minnesota where she won two national championships, including a perfect 41-0 season on the 2013 team that she was the captain of. Since graduating from the U, Bethany has coached college hockey for seven seasons, five at her alma mater and two at at UST. Welcome to the show, Bethany Browson. How are you doing today, Bethany?
2: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Good. I uh, really enjoyed. I wish we could have recorded uh, some of the stuff we talked about beforehand, but uh, we yeah. have to remain NCAA compliant, so we, we kept you safe there.
2: Appreciate that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into some of the pre-ordained questions that you and I have agreed upon, uh, let's talk a little bit about growing up. You, We talked before the show that about role models for coaches. And I talked about Wiz Wyatt, my PB coach, as someone who I looked up to. And you said to me, you know, I never really had a female role model until I got to college. Talk about your playing experience, who the coaches were growing up and what effect they had on you. And then who was that female role model when you were at the U?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. I, I appreciate the conversation because it really, I think for a lot of um, young women in my generation, we just did not have yeah. that same modeling that a lot of boys and men end up having. And so um, pretty much all through youth hockey, I was coached by dads and my dad being one of them. Really? Who, yes. Was also, he a player growing up? He wasn't. So no. he kind of
0: learned as he on he the did. fly, right?
2: Yeah. He was a great pickup hockey player, you know, yeah. down okay. at White Bear um, yep. as we were growing up and that's kind of where he tapped out but he was a fantastic coach. So I bet
0: he's just tickled that you went on to be so I, good.
2: You know what he's probably just tickled that I brought him up on this podcast honestly <laughs> so I've already like done what's too his much first on name it. David All right David yep. all right um, and I pronounced his last name correctly. you did Browson. Right. yeah that's correct. Um, but yeah so anyways growing up um, had a lot of great role models and leaders that were modeled um, just none of which were female. Right. And so I think... So once, coaching
0: never was in a, in your equation.
2: It really wasn't. Um, I mean, I coached growing up. So when I got into high school, um, you know, the first real exposure I had to a female coach was Winnie. Right. Um, Winnie, Bro- Winnie Brown. Winnie Bro- Brown. Her, yeah, yep. just clarification in case anyone on the podcast doesn't know her name. Right. Um, doubt that. But, yeah, so she was really my first kind of female coach. And so summer hockey and stuff like that, she would... Um, coached different white caps groups and really when that was in its infancy. Right. Um, and then I was able to do some coaching with Winnie at OS and really get my feet wet there. But until college, I really never thought of coaching as a potential occupation. Right. Um, but then I went on, I played at Minnesota. I was coached by Natalie Darwitz my freshman year and then Nadine Museral the next three. And so again, this was really my first opportunity to see this is what it could look like as a younger female coaching other women.
0: I looked at one of the rosters of the coaching staff. So it was Brad, JJ, and Nady, and I was like, wow, that's like a Mount Rushmore of NCAA hockey. You just <laughs> missed Mark Johnson on there exactly. and then just complete, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Some people talk about power couples. I guess they were power <laughs> staff, right? Yes,
0: yes, yes. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so uh, I got to ask, just I, Tell me about what 41-0 is like. The 1972 Dolphins went like 17-0, and, and they everyone they still pop champagne every year uh, that no one goes undefeated. Do you guys, does your crew have a little something inside where you're like, yeah, still no one has done what we accomplished in 13?
2: Um, no, I, and I am very much of age. So, no, we don't pop champagne every year. Maybe we should start that should tradition. should do that. Yeah, it's a great idea. Um, it was funny we were talking offline about this, but um, – we were talking about how, you know, the first time that someone ran a five-minute right. mile yeah, yeah, yeah. in history, there was like an insane amount, like 10,000 people that did it that next year. Yeah, Yet no one had ever done it in history up until that point. Um, and we were talking about the undefeated season and how it was really interesting that we had had the undefeated season. And we we're like, gosh, that we have to imagine that's going to be awfully tough to replicate. And then a couple years later, B.C., almost did it almost does it in the championship game they lose to minnesota as their one loss of the year. they prevented it Yeah. yes and so um no we don't do anything explicit to celebrate but i will tell you what um kind of an interesting story when that game happened against bc um us alumni all got together for a watch party and we're like man like just come on like let's keep that for a couple years at least least. couple yeah 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 testament to women's hockey and um Hannah Brandt, who, again, no um, no need to explain who she is. No. She was, I believe, a senior that year that they were playing BC in the championship, and they knew that they had the opportunity to kind of stop that yeah. new potential undefeated season. Um, and it was really heartwarming. We all watched. We were really excited. The Gophers had won. Um, and she went back to that old Facebook group that we had from that year, and she said, that was for all of you.
0: Nice. And um, nice. so,
2: yeah, so I think um, while we don't, Pop champagne every year. I think that there's a definitely a pride and confidence to say that we are the only team to do it. But um, as we've seen in history, it wouldn't surprise me if it could happen again.
0: It's possible, but if you look at the landscape of college women's college hockey, the way it's turning out, and you guys are oddly enough, we're not, this isn't a show about Saint Thomas, but not necessarily, but it's becoming superpowers, and there's some, of, and they're all in the same conference, as you're well aware. It's going to be really hard. Uh, I think the only team that could probably do it is in the East, right? Because it's yeah. not as, as much of a death march as the, as the WCHA is.
2: Yeah, no, the WCHA, I mean, there's a reason that players want to play in it, regardless of what team they're yeah. at. I mean, it's every single weekend is a grind, and it's fun, right? Like, I think as a aspiring hockey player, all the top players, I mean, they look at that and they're like, that's something I'd love to be a part of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, to your point about out east, I I really do think you're right. It would be super challenging for any program in any conference to do it again, um, primarily because I look back to that Minnesota season, and I will be the first to admit, we should have lost a game.
0: Yeah, oh, you probably a handful, I mean? like, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I look back at some of those games, and um, we had an incredibly tight, fun game against Bemidji. Um, there was another one against St. Cloud, and then you had your you know, usual suspects of Wisconsin's and things like that, but... It was way more unlikely that we won every single game, regardless of the talent on that team. It, it's just shocking. I was
0: trying to figure out what the key was, right? Again, mm-hmm. just by looking at the roster. Uh, you two good goalies were unbelievable.
2: Yeah, it certainly did not help that, or it helped, I should say. It certainly uh, didn't did they hurt.
0: Play, did they alternate or did Amanda or <laughs> Nora? That point, or what was it? Nora, it just, was, it was her net. Was a little
2: bit more her net at okay. that point. Um, And I think Amanda, she, tip her cap to Nora and say, Hey, I'm willing to learn from you and take it over when right. you take off here. But, um, but yeah, I think it certainly helped us that we had the top three Patty Kazmaier finalists um, at every position. So we yeah. had Amanda Kessel at forward, Megan Bozek at D and then Nora, just in case they got through the other five. And so, Um, I think that that was certainly a huge part of it. And then on top of that, we just had really an incredible culture. And um, when you've got talent like that, that's met with a really great culture, it is tough to beat. Amanda had 101 points.
0: Yeah,
2: I year. mean, so did I, didn't I? What do my uh, stats yours weren't like, quite a hundred, no, but close. Maybe my high school like twelve and under was something closer to close that? to that. Sure, close <laughs> to that.
0: All right, so let's educate. Okay, yeah. let's 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 give perspective here. I'm thinking of a uh, sophomore to junior Minnesota kid. Maybe you're from Illinois. You're well, welcome to listen. You're from uh, Connecticut, and you're listening. Great. We we welcome all listeners. But let's educate uh, a parent, a, a, a student athlete uh what it, what what's to look forward to on June 15th for these kids sophomores to juniors? so I got some questions for you um how much prep time does your staff go through on this 2025 class is it have you watched some of the top players 10 20 30 times
2: oh absolutely yeah yeah and I think um you know we're spoiled rotten coaching in Minnesota and then not only do we coach in Minnesota we're right in the Twin Cities being at St. Thomas and so Um, I think for our staff, you know, we might be a higher kind of rate than most people. It's not necessarily a fair comparison compared to, you know, you ask out East coach, the same thing. Have they watched a Minnesota kid 20 times? Probably not. Right. Um, but I think there's a pretty good understanding every single year of who the top players around the whole country, um, and internationally as well. Um, there's just a pretty good, you know, understanding out there across the coaching body of, of who the top players are. Um, But, yeah, so I think, you know, how much time do we put into this class? What I would say is, you know, you have your unique situations. We talked about, like, OS and coaching. I mean, you got Josie Hemp coming in. I coached her since she was eight years old, you know, putting her skates on for the first time. So when does recruiting really start? What kind of opportunities do you get to really get to know families and see these players on the ice kind of depends on the circumstance? But I would say – for the most part, you really start tracking on them pretty heavily, I would say, the year prior to their recruitment right. year. So
0: one full yep. count, kind of like the uh, USA, uh, NHL does with the USHL kids heading into their draft year.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah, it's kind of set up nicely that way because a lot of times, so the 2026 class, for example, they really start to get a little bit more heavy into Minnesota development and USA hockey stuff yep. um, this year, really for the first time. And so you go to national camps or you go to these development camps and you start to get some exposure seeing them. Right. As a coach, you also don't want to watch them too, too far out. Like I am very aware of who some of the top 27s and 28s are. Well, I'm not going to spend all my time watching them because a lot can change in the next two years. And you want to give them space to develop and become a kid, um, or be a kid and, and develop as a hockey player, I should say. And so, um, of course, you track on them early, but then in 25, for example, with this recruiting class starting in June, that's when they really get heavy into the actual recruiting process.
0: I love the rule changes obvi- for, for many, many reasons, but this is one of them. Y- you see a kid, just ninth grade, and she's playing against, use, let's use yellow, Ella Berger. She was a nice player as a ninth grader, but mm-hmm. could you have projected her to be that good three years out from playing in ninth grade? be hard. It's hard. I right? mean,
2: and that's why early recruiting. Thank goodness for the rule change, because yeah. you know, when I first started coaching, oh, I, seventh and eighth grade. Oh, is. it was it was crazy. I mean, it was so wrong on so many levels. And <laughs> you'd have a kid come. I, take like, a remember, unofficial. Crystal and
0: Hangler was like an eighth grade. Yeah,
2: yeah. And obviously, like Hengler's a great example. I mean, yeah. for the most part, the top kids continue to be the top kids. For the most part, yeah. Not always the case. And then I think the bigger problem is don't think of the top kids as a seventh or eighth grader or ninth grader. Think about the kids Next that layer. haven't developed yet. Yeah, They don't get a fair shake at some of the opportunities that they could get down the road if the recruiting is too early. So that's why balance is important. And um, I don't know what that perfect equation is of timeline, but, good but we're right pretty now. close.
0: I, I agree with that. All right. So, uh, you we talked about Zoom calls. I just assume you guys are just knocking out Zoom calls like crazy, <laughs> and you know the the players would have like their jerseys behind them, and you know whatever they have a little studio set up. But it, you said you guys don't do a lot of Zooms. It's more just a straight up phone call.
2: Yeah, I think phone calls are still kind of the go to option. Okay. Um, I think that the the recruiting process is intimidating as yeah. it is. I think that sometimes going onto a Zoom call feels even more intimidating yeah. for, for a young kid, for families, whatever. And so um, if it's requested and a kid's like, I want a Zoom call or FaceTime, absolutely, we'll do that. Um, but so nine
0: out of 10 of these are just a phone yeah, call. Yeah,
2: most of the time it's a phone call. A lot of kids really respond to text messages. That's really in their wheelhouse yeah. and comfortable for them. Um, but a big part of why I think maybe, and I can only speak individually for like our staff um, but I think a big part of our philosophy is it's really, really important for us to actually meet a player and meet their family in person, shake their hand, look them in the eyes, um, and have a conversation where we can actually get to know each other. And that can't happen until August 1st. And so we, and I know I personally really— so that's
0: so. June 15th to August 1st is phone only, phone and Zoom yep, only. I
2: always kind of say, if you can do it yep. on your phone, that's what happens on June 15th. Yep. Right? Snap, you <laughs> probably. <listen to> Snap. <laughs> Snap a little less so <laughs> for me. Kidding. I'm not like super big on social. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> some joking. coaches do that.
0: <laughs> well, I See, my, my kids, their, their notifications, they roll in with uh, snaps all the time. Like, yeah. why you just text them? Would be so much easier than taking a stupid right? picture of or yourself? or even like, like
2: a two-minute call accomplishes yeah. more than a... Two-hour text conversation. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah, I agree. but um, you're old school. I'm I'm a little bit old school, but primarily in the recruiting process because right. it it's so important to get it right, and it's so important not just for coaches to get it right, but families they really need to get that right. Yeah. Like if if you do it the right way, in my opinion, um, college can and should be some of the most transformative, if not the most transformative, four years of your life. And so to us, again, this could just be a philosophy thing. I don't know. Maybe you'd have another coach who they only swear by Zoom. But yeah. I just, I think it's important when the phone can start on June 15th and you can start those calls and conversations. That's a really good way to start to get to know families and get to know players. But until you can actually get to a campus, walk around, experience it, feel it, um, and even you'll see a lot of recruits down there, they want to take official visits, but they're going to do that in the fall. Some of the top, top players are saying, I'm not going to make a commitment because I want to come back on a September afternoon where I can see see a football game or a soccer game. I want to, you know, go to a hockey game. I want to, Yeah. I want to actually see what the day-to-day life is like. And I don't know that we've been in as healthy of a recruiting spot um, for many, many years previous to this until now where some of those top players are kind of slowing down the process for others to say, I'm going to take my time. So, um, I, I would be a strong, strong encouragement for every player and their families to take time with it, do your research, um, because what might feel like a really good offer on June 15th over a text message or a call um, might not pale in comparison to the experience that you have in See September, that. October in making a decision.
0: All right, you said something that triggered me to ask, do you have a uh, obligate, who usually, uh, after the first phone call, it's kind of a relationship. It's almost like dating in a way. Uh, who initiates the conversations after that first call? Do you initiate, or do the, do the players actually call, reach out to you, or is it a 50-50 thing, or is it more you guys leading the, the charge on a recruit? Yeah,
2: yeah that's a good question. Um, I I never mind when a player is a little bit more proactive. Um, one thing I, and this is great if this happens to get released before the 15th, I'm not sure it when, yep. um, but I always think it's great. I encourage players to say, I know that, Coaches can't respond to you until June 15th, but it's really helpful when you reach out and just say, hey, I'm interested in your school. I'd love to talk on the 15th. They can do that. Absolutely. So they can send an email. They can send a text. What's your phone I mean, number? They can call. Yeah, you guys don't <laughs> <to> need <know. laughs> But they could, I mean, a player could call you and leave a voicemail, for example. I can't pick up an answer. You know, one of my first questions would have to be, what age are you? And if they say yep. I'm a twenty, twenty five, I say, that's fantastic. I can't actually talk to you until June 15th. Right. Um, so until then, you know I'm not able to chat. You can send me an email with information. Um right. we Do you just get can't that? respond. Do you families reaching out to you? absolutely, and it's ver- it's very very helpful because they might say, "Hey, I'm really interested in your business program." For example, well, St. Thomas is a great business school. Right, that's really important information for us to know. We can get that on May 25th. We can't respond, um, yeah. but we know that they might be academically a great fit. Um, and then if we know that they're interested in St. Thomas or any school in general. Um, before that call date, all of a sudden we know that we might have a little bit higher level of recruitability with right. that player where certain schools, they might write players off and just say, ah, it's probably not worth our RNG, we might not get that player, yeah. whatever. Um, so it's really, really helpful for coaches when they express some interest.
0: All right. Once the calls are set up, what are you looking for on that first call from a kid?
2: Yeah. um, I think the biggest thing I would say is engagement. You know, um, I think that it's, and I think back, it wasn't that, that long ago that I went through, I mean a few years now, but um, it's really intimidating, you know, to talk to coaches and it's exciting, but it is intimidating I think for, for young players. And so, just try to be comfortable and be yourself which i know that's like such it's, cheesy it, advice
0: it's true though like it's really hard easier said than done mm-hmm. right because you don't want to like let's say i'm a girl yep. and you're interviewing me and i just totally botch a sentence and i'm like and they, and, they, and i hear this because i do the interviews i interview these kids for the state sure. tournament and stuff, and the worst is when i say I give them a question and they'll finish and they'll go uh yeah like, it's over. Like, that's the worst <laughs> answer ever. Up. Like, I'm done. You know, like, and now you're like, okay, now I have this awkward moment where I got to continue the conversation. Like, yeah. and it's hard. And the reason they're doing the, um, yeah, at the end is because they're nervous. Totally. Yeah. They're nervous. They are crapping their pants mm-hmm. nervous. Like yep. I got, I have Joel Johnson on the phone. I have Brad Foss on the phone. Sure. Like I'm nervous. Yep. And, and how do you tell someone just don't be nervous?
2: Yeah. Well, I think that's why, again, I advocate so heavily for those first that month and a half to start to get to know coaches because usually or hopefully what kids realize is that coaches are just people too. Like we say sentences the wrong way and (laughs) we end them awkwardly as well. And so um, I think it's really important to like help model that and get to know them a little bit. Um, But yeah, just, I think for players, like be comfortable, be yourself Know that it's honestly our job to lead that conversation. Like, this is the first time you're doing this. Like, we should be the ones that make you feel comfortable and feel at peace and have questions for you and drive the conversation. We're not doing a very good job if we can't help you along that process. And so I think that's the biggest thing. The other encouragement I would say is like, have a question or two. It's going to make you feel a lot more confident as yeah, a player. It'll,
0: it'll help the engagement. Absolutely, what you just talked about—be yeah. engaging. Yep. We'll have some questions, you know. Yeah,
2: and like know, know some relative information about a school. Is it a big school? Is it private? Is it public? Um, how you their hockey have that team do? Out, right, yeah. Just have a couple notes because again, um, maybe placebo effect, but you know, as a player, I just imagine that the level of confidence going into those calls and comfort. Um, really increases when you're like, okay, I've got a couple questions here. I've got some talking points and I feel good to go when I jump on that call.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Here's one. And I think I would know, I would maybe want to answer this question. Uh, What aren't you looking for?
2: Yeah. Um, Another good question. Well, you were talking about Zoom. Yeah. And we were talking about like just the terrible distracting background. I mean, I think they've (laughs) done enough like school calls now that they should know better than like just having a super unprofessional background um, but I would say the hardest thing for me as a coach is uh, this sounds convenient. Cause I just said, you know, be engaging and, and show that. I think the biggest challenge is when a player just doesn't show any engagement. Um, we've went through the recruiting process with players who you text them and, um, and I am not attached to my phone. I love yeah, yeah. being away from my phone for hours at a time. Um, but if you don't get a response back for a week that can communicate a lot to a coach of, well, maybe they're just not interested you got Um, ghosted yeah or like hey why don't you let me know when a visit would work and then we don't hear back for weeks and then we follow up again um so just i think that's the biggest thing is like a disengagement or showing a lack of interest um i think is what really kind of hurts players and a lot of times i say that on this podcast because a lot of times it's not coming from a bad place they're shy or they're a little more reserved they're introverted those are all okay. I'm those things too. Yeah. Um. But lean I, into I it. I doubt that. But that's I, I fine. swear I am. <laughs> I um, doubt that. I know. I nice try. I am an amnivert. I present as an extrovert, but I'm definitely an introvert. I'm
0: I'm that word. That's a big word, yeah. but I think I'm that too. By yeah. the way. Yeah. So good word. Good yeah. word.
2: So, anyways, just kind of lean into it. You know, have some courage, have some conviction, get some help from friends and parents, and. Um, just build a little confidence to to show that you're engaged. It doesn't take a lot. No. It doesn't take a lot. It can be over a text. It can be over a call. Um, but just kind of find a way to show interest in the school. It helps a lot. All
0: right. Um, how informed are players these days? I mean, how well informed are they when they come on that call?
2: Yeah, it's – Honestly, it's such a spectrum. Um you've got certain we are talking about some of the hockey families in Minnesota um and there's certain parents and families that are yeah. they've had people go through the process, you know, sisters, yep, siblings yeah. go through it who are really really educated and some parents who I'm like you know more than more about hockey than I do. Like you right. need to, you know, take the foot off the gas a little yeah. bit. But um but yeah, so you have a wide range and then you've got other people who their first thing they say is they're like we've never went through the process. We don't really know what's going on. This feels intimidating. We don't know what to ask. And so it varies entirely. Um, But my hopes are that, you know, whether it's through a podcast like this or kind of those initial calls, like that players have enough kind of confidence to either ask those questions or kind of seek out that information from trusted people and resources.
0: Okay. Um, How much of this recruiting is sales?
2: I right? listen, I or hate just,
0: or let St. Thomas speak for itself because it's yeah. God, you have a lot. To s- it sells itself in some ways.
2: Certainly. Yeah. And I mean, I hate thinking about and I've shared this with so many coaches. I hate thinking about recruiting and sales. It doesn't feel that way to me because trust me, if I liked sales, I would have went into sales. Yeah, it doesn't feel that way. Um, Not when you really believe in the place you are, the people you work with, the culture you have. Um, I think, you know, if you're in the wrong spot for you, it probably would feel more that way, potentially. Um, But to me, I think that if you believe in what you're doing and you are building something great, it does speak for itself. you know. And then it's just your job to make sure that players and families know that they'd be valued, that they'd be cared for. And that, like I said, those four years that it's your number one goal as a coach to make it the most transformative years of their life.
0: Yeah, that's and, a good way to put it.
2: Yeah, and and at that point, I mean, like for us, a great example is like, do you like a small private school? Okay, good, we should keep talking. If you don't, if you want a big public university, probably not There's the best There's three bet. in yeah, our league, Yeah, right? Yeah, like square pig round hole, like that's yeah. okay, but let's let's make sure that we help these players navigate what they're actually looking for because on June 14th, I don't think a lot of them necessarily know them because they haven't visited schools. They haven't asked these questions. So it takes that time, that month and a half at least, um, to get to visits often to even start to navigate some of those conversations and understandings.
0: All right. Um, explain for our audience the verbal commitment process mm-hmm. because it's, it's getting more and more complicated these days. Uh, I mean, obviously, you commit and it's a commitment, but walk through what you're your guys' take on it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So verbal commitments, um, for lack of better terminology, is really gentlemen's agreement um, Mm -hmm. in women's hockey. Other sports, that's not necessarily the case. Um, But women's hockey, I think, has done a really good job of really honoring that space to say players and parents or players and families have committed to a school and they don't necessarily want to keep going through the recruiting process for the additional six months, a year, whatever that looks yep. like until they get to a point where they actually can sign with the school. Right. And so, um, a verbal commitment, all that means. Which is their
0: senior year. So these yes. girls are going into their junior year. Yep. So if they commit on September 1st, they they have 14 months until yeah. they actually sign.
2: Yeah. And I've seen so many players that it's shocking for two months of time. They get so exhausted on the recruiting process, that by the time they make a verbal commitment, even if it's two months later, they're like, I want to wash my hands and be done with it. I'm excited about my decision. I want to be done. I don't want to get bombarded with calls get that and emails. Yeah, I want to <laughs> yeah. be done. Sure, right? exactly. I love a good purple sweatshirt. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so what would in theory happen, June 15th is technically the first day that any player should be able to make a verbal commitment because. You can't That's talk to weird. a school before. I'm glad you brought so, that up because Haley
0: Hansen committed to Mankato, Minnesota state Okay. in June, like right, probably right away. Right. But I thought the rule, and no offense to Haley lover, but I thought the rule was uh, they couldn't commit until August 1st.
2: No. So they could make a verbal commitment. Okay. So starting June 15th, um, and we talked about this a little bit, depending on kind of coaching philosophy, a coach could extend just in case players are on the, call here and they're curious about this a coach can extend a offer a scholarship offer now again my encouragement is wait because you haven't shook this person in the hand yet you know yeah. you haven't looked them in the eyes you haven't had a conversation you in person. probably haven't
0: seen their school yes, there's a you, chance you've seen the school yeah but you could
2: walk around on your own you, you could, can't
0: give a tour though no nope, the
2: coaches can't be involved till august 1st nope, right no nope, but this is i mean this is good education too is a player let's say in july july 10th they want to go walk around to campus just like any other student has the opportunity to do that, they could do that. They yep. can set that up with the admissions department. They can't go through a coach to do it, um, they could att- and they can't they could walk around a t- with they a could,
0: coach. They could attend a camp of yours. They could or the U or yeah. they can do that. Yeah, right? camps
2: and clinics. We should do a whole different podcast on because yeah. there's unique kind of rules and things. You could take a tour while you're on a camp. You can talk with coaches all you want. Really? You know? Yep, because oh. you're at their campus, whatever, you know, okay. you're doing a camp. But then as soon as that ends, let's say you see him on July 13th at the rank, I can't talk to that player. That's so crazy. Even though they were just on a camp. That's crazy. You know, and we I'm were glad chatting you brought her- that one yeah, up. What's it's, that, it's a very important distinction.
0: You answered that June 15th question. I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I, not that I thought Haley Hanson was wrong, but I always thought they had to wait. I thought there was something about August 1st, but the August 1st is only. The That's in when person. visits
2: begin. Yep. And so if a player made a verbal commitment on June 14th, I would have a lot of questions because you can't talk to a coach until Correct. June 15th. Correct. Great. Good, Starting, way, good yeah. way to put that. Yes. like that. Yeah. Um, and then June 15th, again, you could get extended an offer over the phone, over a text, over an email. So technically, a verbal commitment can happen as soon as June 15th. Um, and then really just depends on the recruiting process, the player, the family. Um, but really it can happen at any point after that until you graduate.
0: All right. Uh, this is a loaded, this is the loaded question. I'm, those are softballs this is a hard one. And it's real. We talked about, it. I talked to you off air about coach Hayward was showing me his six portal kids that mm-hmm. they got out of the commitment. And I'm like. Didn't think about it. I saw one pop here, pop there, but you start to add up. That's six players, and that's twenty five percent of a team, roughly. That's your entire. It could be your entire recruiting class. I know they have some freshmen coming in, but it's a that's a game changer, mm-hmm. absolute game changer as far as getting players out of the portal. And then when you look at your class, your twenty twenty four class, your twenty twenty five class, do you really pr- need to project? six or seven kids each year when this is seriously happening now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Your
0: depth chart, the magnets on the depth chart must be getting a workout in these days. <laughs> you know you <laughs> so know depth chart I'm talking about, to, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I like the <laughs> yep, that's good.
0: That's what it's gonna be.
2: Yeah. No, it's the transfer portal, I think, for the most part, coaches are having a tough time. It's a new time of life for us. We're trying to navigate it too. Um, I think players and families are frustrated because there's a trickle-down effect. Um, I would love for them to hear that it's not easy for us either. Um, right. we're, we're trying to navigate it and still give people the best experiences they can have too. Um, and and honoring kind of those true freshmen as they come in and and what we're trying to give them. And so it's um, it's a challenge. I think that where we kind of land on it as a full group is – you know, it's important that student athletes have the opportunity if they feel like they're not in the right space. If they, for whatever reason, they go somewhere a year, two years, three years, and they feel like that's not home or maybe not anymore, um, they have to have autonomy to be able to leave, right? And I think
0: the portal is great for the player in 90% of the cases. We talked a little bit about Mm -hmm. this. where I think, and I want you to comment on this, I think that sometimes the coaches are using the portal as a way to, Maybe get rid of a player. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not not seeing it. I don't see it as much on the girl side. And I'm being honest. I'm not saying this because you're here. Like, I don't see, like, wow, that seems weird. But on the men's side, it seems like, wow, this player's performance probably wasn't what their expectations were. And now they can conveniently nudge them into the portal where I don't see it as much on the women's side, but yeah. do you see what I'm saying?
2: I do. Yeah. I think, you know, the men's side is, it is different. Um, You know, there's so many other facets. There's a lot more men playing. There's the juniors, junior there? yeah, Yeah. So there's a lot of pieces um, that I'm not even going to pretend to no. try to hash out with you. Um On the women's side, I do think to what you're saying, you know, there's different coaching philosophies and, and while you can't just entirely take away scholarship. We talked about this for athletic reasons. I think that there are coaches out there that would kind of encourage a player to say, hey, you might not get playing time at all. And and that was initially really highly recruited athlete. And so um, I do think it can cause some kind of headache that way. Um, I would say for the most part on the women's hockey side of things, um, it doesn't happen a ton that way. Um, That kind of takes a unique program or unique coach to really rely on that. Um, for the most part, I think that coaches really do try to honor and respect the commitments that they made. And if a player isn't panning out, I would hope that as coaches we have enough, um, you know, accountability to say, well, maybe I'm not helping them get to where they need to be. And, and we have a part in that too. Yeah. And so how can we help them continue to develop and project to be the player that we believe that they were going to be as well?
0: Let me, let me take that one step further. And, and, I, and I think there's the word class. And there's some in the word commitment, right? Like we, it, it takes some class to, to see this young woman through her four years, number one. And it takes some commitment. Like, hey, we promised this mm-hmm. young woman an experience for four years. Are we are we fulfilling that promise? Yeah,
2: yeah. No, it's a great point. And, and this is something I think is really important for players to hear, too, is um, in the same way that I know they view coaches that way. Is like, you made a commitment to me for four years. Like, you know, you can't take that back. I want to really encourage this next generation of young girls to feel the exact same way about their commitments too. Yeah. Because I know the portal makes it more convenient, but listen, when you're signing up to go to a school, do your homework, do your research, get to know the coaches. Um, and I know unique circumstances happen and coaches change, things like that. Um, but you signed up for four years as well. And I think one of the biggest privileges of being a hockey coach is that we get to help teach life lessons for Not when they're 18, 19 and and playing hockey, you know, at the college level. Like, it's fun, but that is a stage for greater life. And you're going to make commitments down the road in your life, in your professional career, and you got to commit to those, right? Like, you set up for that, and so you've got to find a way to also say, okay, I'm going to be accountable in this too. Maybe I haven't developed to the player I want to be or that the coaches were hoping for. How can I be better in that process? And I think when you have coaches and players that share in that accountability and say – We signed up for four years together. You didn't sign up for it. I didn't sign up for it. We signed up for this together. How do we get you to where we want you to be as a group? And I think when that shared philosophy exists, the transfer portal will exist, but I don't think it's going to be as highly sought after if you're doing things in the right way.
0: Um, This was fun. Uh, I got a lot out of it. Hopefully our audience did, and it was a blast getting to know you today, and hopefully we'll see you more around the rink.
2: Yeah, I super appreciate being on. It was super fun and, and love getting to know you. Hopefully, you have me back at some point. If oh, not, I, I know that I didn't earn my stripes <laughs> to come back. I'm okay with that. But <laughs> You did great. <laughs> no, it was fun. You Thank you. You did great.
0: Bethany Browsen from the University of St. Thomas. We now bring in Josie Hemp from Minnetonka High School. Josie will graduate in June and head to the University of Minnesota in the fall. Josie played in the state tournament all four years of high school and won state in 2020. She accumulated 113 points in four seasons as a defender. Welcome to the pod, Josie Hemp. How are you doing today, Josie? Good. How are you? Good. I'm uh, very excited to meet you. I've waved at you in the hallways, covered (laughs) you in games, known your dad for years, but we've never really broken it down face-to-face, and I'm excited to get to know you a little bit.
3: Yeah, I'm excited to get to know you, too. All
0: right. Well, let's do this. Uh, You were one of the first classes, if not the first class, where we went to the... Yeah, you were the first class that went to, because I know that because Ava Lindsay, your friend and yeah. classmate, was committed before the rule yep, change. Before, Remember that? Yep.
2: Before. And then
0: you had waited until after. Only a few people in, in, in were in Ava's situation. So yeah. June 15th came around, the rule changes, yep. and you had seen probably, you had probably followed it because of Peyton a lot of the girls committing really early, ninth grade commitments, 10th yeah, grade. You, you remember that, right? Yeah. So now you were going into your junior year. What was going through your head before the June 15th? You had probably been through Naha once or twice and been out and maybe seen some schools on the East Coast. You had obviously been to the U of M. What was, before it all started, where, were, where was your head at as far as the recruiting process?
3: Well, it was really nice to be able to have Peyton yeah. There with me and to be able to already have experience with seeing colleges in person. Right. So um, that Did was... Did you ever
0: go on any visits with her? Oh, or yeah. Or visit schools and stuff, maybe through Naha, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. I was out east with her and I got to see a lot of those schools, which was super cool. And it was just so fun because it wasn't my experience yeah. yet. but it was so sort of was... your
0: experience yeah. too.
3: Yeah, so I was just kind of there for fun and just hanging out. So that was super fun and I still got to experience like hanging out with the coaches and all of that. So I thought that was super cool. And right. then being able to look through what Peyton's going through.
0: All right. So this is going to be totally off hockey here. So I, I was told you a little bit before my daughter, one of my daughters did the world tour, right? And yeah. Another one yeah. did no world tour, no tour at all. Um, daughter one would never allow daughter two to buy a sweatshirt from the visit school.
4: But meanwhile,
0: daughter one got, I mean, she's got a closet of hoodies and and crew necks and whatever when you, and I'm not asking you if you got shirts or not, but how invested were you when you would visit these schools or was this like, Oh, just another school Peyton's visiting. How did, how, how, how close were you looking at it when you got into that process?
3: I was looking at it pretty closely and my dad especially was like nudging me. He's like, (laughs)
0: look at that statue. Look at at these
3: schools. Like, look at them. And um yeah, I just thought it was a super cool experience in being able to go to the merch stores and buy get Did the you sweatshirts get any? and everything. Did you get any yeah, hoodies? for sure.
0: What hoodie do you have that you're like, I can't believe I have this hoodie now? Well like from the Peyton visits, not from your own. Like from like are you maybe Boston College or something like that from the East Coast.
3: Well, I do have a Princeton hoodie. Do so, you? yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a cool one. Yeah, it's that's super cool. cool. Yeah. All right. All right. So um so that was a year or two be- beforehand with, with Peyton. Yep. Uh it's now your turn, right? Yep. And and probably Layla's now falling behind in, in this in the same footsteps, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so cool. <laughs> so you're gonna go through the process. What before the phone rings mm-hmm. did you have a list of schools? And then once the phone actually rang did, did all those schools call on your list? True good quick yeah, question yeah. right.
3: Well, my parents and I and I'm no, not
0: like how good are you but because like, yeah. some schools aren't looking for D or yeah, something exactly. you know right like yeah. how was that yeah that's well, that's a legit question because there's gonna 100%. be some of these girls listing they're gonna have these 10 and they're gonna get like two of the 10 yeah call, but so how is that for you that yeah first day? well
3: my parents and I we decided to make a list just to keep organized yeah and um we had a list um like I said I'm I was came into the process super open-minded so I had a list of Around ten schools that I was possibly going to look at and a couple of them, yes, didn't reach out. So that way. That way. Had a cross mouth list. A couple reached out um later in the process, but June
0: eighteenth or something, right?
3: But um so I waited a little bit. Did schools
0: call you at twelve oh one or text you at twelve oh one? I I would forgot to ask Bethany that question.
3: I I actually didn't know. Nothing. It was all like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., okay, right, bright and early. All right,
0: because if I was a college coach, I'd be, like, 12 o' all my top recruits. Yeah. i like, let's get it right now, yeah. right?
3: Yeah.
0: All right, so that happens. You get, you know, whatever, 8, 10, eight out of the 10 yeah. or whatever. They call. What was – do you remember your first call?
3: Oh, I – when I – I don't specifically remember my okay. first call, but I just remember how nervous I was to get that call. Like – I, right when I, I'd be shaking. Oh, I was already shaking. Like even a week before June 15th, I was so nervous and I'm just a nervous person in general. But when the phone actually rang, um, I was just, I was very nervous, but then getting on to the actual phone call, um, the coaches just made me feel so comfortable and they were, amazing so the phone calls were like all so great but really yeah really yeah oh yeah
0: it was interesting because we just had bethany on before you and she was saying the same thing that uh it's our job just to, our job as coaches to make them feel comfortable on yeah. the call. it's basically sure. what she's saying is it's almost h- hard to screw up the call yeah right they're oh, professionals that yeah. it's mm-hmm. almost like a doctor right yeah like there's their job you gotta do is a to good do, job right, yeah yeah so they uh th- that actually made me feel at ease when yeah she said that to me i was like oh well, now i can see a Seventeen-year-old girl thinking, oh, this isn't going to be as bad as it sounds. Yeah, and you
3: know? none none of the calls were like awkward where I was like, ooh, I don't really want to be on this call right now. All of them were like, just having basic conversations and getting to know each other, which was super nice. All
0: right, not a trick question. Trust me, it's not <laughs> okay. true. But, but she brought this up. Bethany's brought this up. She this the concept of offering somebody on the first call. Did you ever did you get an offer on the first call with any of these people? No, I didn't sound like it, but it's possible, right? Oh, it's
3: for sure possible. But I think the schools and coaches I talked to kind of just wanted to, um, just take it slow and get to know me and for me to get to know them. So I personally like that better because then I got a chance to really get to know them as people and coaches. So,
0: right. Okay. Um, how crazy is that first day? When you're doing six, seven, eight, ten phone calls in a day,
3: it's definitely crazy, and gotta have a lot of ca- caffeine in you because <laughs> <laughs> you're you're gonna be up all day taking those calls. But um, it was honestly such a special day, as much cr- as much as how crazy it was. Yeah, it was it was so special getting getting those phone calls and knowing wow, like these schools want me. Yeah, so I thought that was so special for me personally, but it was definitely. Crazy and exhausting by the At end of the same day. Time. Yeah. yeah, but it was super special. How
0: cool would it be like saying, ah, this is Coach X from such university calling you? That would be cool.
3: Oh, so cool. I was like, yeah, the experience was just amazing.
0: I remember uh, in my playing these, I got a call from a D3, because I was not a D1 hockey player, but I got a call from a D3 coach and I picked up the phone. And I thought it was a joke. I literally thought <laughs> it was. Uh, f- friends of mine pranking yeah. me. So I literally took 10 minutes vetting oh him if it was really him or not no asking way. questions. Oh, well, there were so more funny. calls that came in later, but yeah. I just wasn't prepared just for it because I it. Yeah. was already a golf track. So yeah. hockey really wasn't even in my thought process at oh, the time. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, now nah, my buddies are kidding me. But my <laughs> point, it was like when I heard it for the first time. It's just unreal. This is Whitey Oss from St. Olaf College. I was like, what? Yep.
3: Like really, that's He's super cool. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it so was cool. really cool.
0: It's really cool. Okay, so I'd like to know: Is there anything during the recruitment process, not like picking school, obviously, but like anything that you did uh, in the process? Thinking back to kids your sister's age. Yeah. Now there might be listening. What What'd you do that you do differently in the process?
3: Um, what I would do differently is definitely not have my phone on Do Not Disturb. Because Explain what
0: that means. Does that mean you don't get the notifications or don't get anything at all? How does that even work?
3: Well, at night I always turn my phone on do not disturb so I can sleep, so I'm not getting notifications while I'm trying to go to bed. And it just shuts you just don't you no noises are being made, you don't get any notifications, you just do not disturb. So just going to bed. But um, then you it shows no notifications when you go into your phone if you don't turn it back on or off. So then it shows you of zero text messages like really? zero notifications. So you
0: basically wipe everything yeah, clean. Yeah, you just wipe
3: everything clean and I'm sometimes I would just forget to turn that back off. So that's something I would definitely do differently because then sometimes I would see a text um a day later and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I I got to get back yeah, to coach." I'm an idiot. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely do that differently, but um I learned with after that like first week to Start getting always, with, yeah, on. always, always be on and always be ready.
0: Not on the question list here, but I'm going <laughs> to, you, I knew we would get to it. Like, yeah. how is it you committed in November? So this is five months. Yeah. How is it being always on? Like literally there's no cabin, like you're at the cabin and I know. You know what or whatever, like you're always on.
3: Yeah. It's honestly tough having to always constantly be on your phone and, um, picking up calls and sometimes you don't have connection. And things like that. Cause I had a couple Zoom calls and I really struggled with connection for those Zoom calls or like being able to be in a spot where there's no noise yeah. with my big family and huge my huge family and my two St. Bernards that love to bark. So, really? <laughs> yeah, because I would be middle of a call. Or- I heard
0: Mo likes to bark too. <laughs> For sure. Okay. And now I get a mow in there at some point today. Sorry.
3: I'd be in like the middle of a Zoom call or a call, and I'd try and like lock myself away in the bathroom to just get away from my family, be in peace and quiet. And then all of a sudden, I'd hear like my sister yelling about something or my dogs just barking as loud as they possibly can. And I'm just like, sorry, like uh, busy house. Well, I'm
0: sure that they understand that.
3: Oh, right? for sure. Yeah. they they, a lot of the coaches would laugh and, yeah. Ask oh, well, what kind what kind of dogs do you have? Yeah.
0: I asked this to Bethany earlier too. Um, who initiates the conversations? Because there in that 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 June 15th to August, it's just phone and text. Anything you could do on your phone is what she said. Yeah. Who how, did you ever initiate? Did you ever like reach out to a coach?
2: Um You know I, what I mean? Because she I didn't had, really answer
0: it clear. That's she did wrong. Yeah. She's like, Yeah, just we just kind of talk via text or whatever. But they don't didn't really specific like who reaches out how does the conversation work
3: well for me personally i don't remember reaching out to really any schools they all just kind of like shot me a text or just um rang the phone so right. yeah i don't really remember reaching out to any but i think they mostly initiate the right, they do. Okay. Yeah.
0: And that's a fair question. Yeah, but like, for sure. But it wouldn't be bad to initiate either, right? Oh, like, no, hey, not at all. Not you know, at all. I'm coming to this, or I'm doing yeah. that, or whatever. Yeah. She also brought something up that was interesting. We didn't really dive into it. And I want to ask you this question. It's not a, again, not a trick question. She said, uh, um, we have camps, whatever, when she was yeah. at the U or whatever. And then two days later, I'd see them at Selects or some other, uh, you know, HP thing or whatever. Yeah. And then they can't talk to them at the camp at the U of M or St Thomas or Princeton or yeah. wherever, You can talk to them, but then two days later when they're not at their camp, they can't. They basically don't talk to you. Did you ever have any experience like that? Um. Well, they can't talk to you off outside of their camp. I thought it was kind of a, an interesting concept.
3: Well, yeah, it's kind of. It's kind of, like, tough since they can't talk to you, but, like, you're there. So it's, like, you want to talk to them so bad, and they obviously want to talk to you, but it's just, like, you can't have any communication. So it, it kind of just, like, sucks with that aspect of it. Where, yeah. But at least you get to be by them and around them and see how they act. So that's right. really nice. Right. I thought that was
0: interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get to visits, right? Yeah. So this would have been the summer of 21. Yeah. Twenty one, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Summer yes. of twenty one, we've come out of COVID now. Um, and you can fly on a plane. Yeah, life was fairly normal then. Yeah. So, talk to me about your visits. How many did you actually go on? Like, because you get five officials, did you go on all five official visits?
3: I actually didn't take, take all any? five officials. Okay. No, I I took a I took a couple officials. I took around four visits, and okay. I thought they helped so much with the process. Being able to like be in person and being able to see the campuses in person.
0: Did you go after September first? The reason I'm saying is, were there students, players there? I'm getting to that player question in a minute. Were there players there for all of your visits?
3: Uh, not for all my visits. Okay, but for for a few of them there were.
0: Yeah. All right. So you get to campus. Was there when you went to these visits? Did were there people on campus and you could see what it was like full? Because you know what. U of M, you've seen the U of M empty. You've seen a campus that's empty. Yeah. It's not the same when there's 10,000 students or 20,000 students there. Whereas, were you ever there when it was a full campus?
3: Um, I actually didn't. I wasn't really able to because I came, I went on most of mine during the summer. Okay. All right. So I wasn't really able to see, like, the full campus, which would have been yeah really cool to see. But it's still, I still mostly got, like, the same. I feel like it still was the same experience, not completely, but... It still was super cool just to be able to see it in person and be able to fly out to some places I did fly out to and just see everything and meet some of the players and stuff like that.
0: All right, so you said that you, obviously, you chose the University of Minnesota. What other schools did you visit? You talked to East Coast a little bit.
3: Yeah, Um, East Coast, I talked to Dartmouth a lot. Okay. And then um, I, got, I was able to talk to Penn State. All right. So it was cool to get, like. Did you visit
0: those two schools?
3: Uh, yeah, I went out and visited both of those that's schools.
0: T- talk about two completely different schools. Exactly. That, yes. Same trip?
3: Um, No, not okay, the same right. trip. Not the same trip.
0: Because one's like 50,000 students. One's like 10. Yeah.
3: You know? Yeah. And also that's where I also did keep an open mind because I wasn't really sure what I wanted. Yeah. So being able to go on those visits, I was really able to like know where I wanted to be. And being on like some campuses, I was like, I don't really know if I picture myself here. But on some, I'm like, okay, yeah, I see myself here. So right. it just came down to really being able to see it in person.
0: All right. So think about that. You have uh, the one of the visit. One of the. Big factors of choosing a school would be teammates, right? So, like, if there weren't teammates there to interview or pick up at least a vibe—is that you yeah. guys use in your terms? Yeah, right. A you got to pick up a vibe, right? <laughs> you got to pick up a vibe. Did you did you visits a school where you met the players? Was there a, a real positive one, a negative one? Did you? How did that come into play?
3: Well, on one of my visits, I was able to get a tour of the campus with mm-hmm. some of the players. So I thought that was really special being able to talk to them because they were amazing people and I loved them right right away. Yeah. And they just made me feel really comfortable and they were sharing their experiences. So that was super cool being able to hear because they were older. So it was nice to be able to hear what they've already gone through and what I would go through if I would what? attend that school. Yeah. But then um one of my other visits on the downside um, being there, I kind of when I got to meet some of the players I kind of just didn't really get the vibe as you said yeah. <laughs> yeah I didn't really get the vibe and um but I pretty much loved everything else about it so I kind of I was a little bummed yeah but yeah because the the players are such a crucial part about because you're those are your future teammates so it's yeah. like you need to be able to have a relationship with those girls and if you don't if you don't see that when you're on your visit it's like well should I it's Should just a building. It's just an ice rink. And, Ex- exactly. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So there are, there are girls and I talked about earlier in the pod that commit before August 1st without actually making a visit. Would you recommend that? Or would you say, take your visits, take your time?
3: I would a hundred percent say, take your visits and take your time because visits are just such a crucial part in the process and being able, like I said, to see those coaches in person and the campus in person, the locker room and just being able to um, see that connection and be able to talk to the coaches in person. Be- and then, and you might, you might see the campus and pictures and think like, oh, this is the place. But then when you get there, it's like, oh, well, I actually don't like this anymore. Or I don't feel like I see myself here anymore. Or on the positive side, oh, 100%, like this is where I want to be. I love the coaching staff and everything like. I was um I was blessed for my visits. I absolutely loved all the coaches even more than on the phone. Really. I literally did not have a visit with a single bad coach. Assistants had really all oh my gosh, all amazing. I loved all the coaching staffs. They were amazing to me. So yeah. so yeah, that's that's also what made the decision really hard for me in the end to just um, the amazing coaching staffs and yeah. That's
0: cool. Yeah. All right. We'll get to that in just a second here. Yeah. Um, uh, how much of this process did you lean on your parents, Jen and Jason in the, in, when you were going through this, was it, was it, did you, did you hold it all inside or you just barf it all on the table and give it all to them? I mean, where, where did you fit? Cause like, there's going to be two tips, types of yeah. relationships. I think the parents are listening to this too. Like, well, and I, like I was telling my two daughters, like, Two completely different yeah. humans when it came to choosing schools. Daughter one, open book. Yeah. Daughter two, we didn't know until like <laughs> yeah. April 29th, like yeah. where she's going to school kind of thing. Wh- which which were you and how did that process go?
3: Um. Well, I have a super close relationship with both my parents and my dad is already super, and my mom, my dad is really educated on the process already because he went through it with Peyton. So I was able... Literally every single day, I would have a just sit down and really? have a conversation with both of them. Yeah, um, sometimes one parent wouldn't be there, but as long as it was one, didn't matter to me. And we just so
0: that was like topic A, like that was yeah. the main character in your life was recruiting.
3: Yeah, and we yeah, see that's for important. Sure. It, yeah, it was. It really it was for a while. And we would take a lot of notes. My mom loves taking notes really? and writing stuff down. So we definitely. Wrote a lot of stuff down, pros and cons. So I thought that helped a lot. So I definitely leaned on them a lot within the process, but they never pressured me into anything, and they let me um, think about stuff on my own and. So I thought that was really special having parents to support me through the process. Just
0: for the record, you were nervous to come on here, I and mean, I don't not seeing any of those nerves <laughs> yet. Just, <laughs> we're just throwing it out there, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Just throwing it out there. All right, all right. Now we've mentioned this name Peyton before a couple yes. of times here. Miss Hockey, YH player of the year, uh, and she was at the U. Yeah, she's at the University of uh, Let's talk about that. I mean, this is more for fun, right? This isn't the recruiting process. Not everybody gets a big sister. Oh, yeah. Uh, Layla's lucky. She's going to have two big sisters that have gone through this. Um, What was it like? What was Peyton like? Where was she in in this process?
3: She also was a huge part of it, too. And like I said earlier, being able to go on the visits, she got to go in with her and tag along. Um, so it's super special to be able, and I'm so grateful to have her because she's my best friend. So,
0: um, I, I just <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I thought Peyton, Pay- I thought we were best friends. That's bull.
3: <laughs> but um, it was just really nice to have her supporting me through it too, and giving me advice on like she definitely helped me with my pros and cons list too, and um. And we're into a lot of the same things, so it was just nice to have her opinion on certain colleges and certain decisions I was trying to make. She yeah. helped me a lot.
0: I wonder how, because you're definitely different. You know, you, you talked about that, right, right? Yeah. I wonder if the U of M is prepared for that, because like I could imagine teachers, <laughs> yeah. you know, like when I was the youngest, like I had an older brother that was a really good student, and I had one that was really bad. So the teachers were, I was like, which one are you gonna be like? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. For You're sure. Like, so I wonder if they're prepared for you. Like, I, think I hope they, they are. I hope they are. I hope they are too. Yeah. All right. Um. So how has life been since you were committed? Because it's a long time. I mean, remember? For imagine sure. if, like Crystal and Hangler was like. She was like ninth grade, like she had to go all throughout high school. Yeah, you like I can't imagine half, that. Right. Especially
3: for Peyton with yeah. her like four years waiting. I'm like, yeah. I just can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's been awesome. And I feel like having that year and a half just to like get better and work harder and be motivated to be great when um I'm gonna go into the U. And I just think it's been committing was such a relief too, like just getting that that off my shoulders. And it honestly was a super, it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made in my entire life, but I'm so relieved and so happy with where I'm at. So
0: how, where, okay, I gotta ask. Yeah. We go back to Peyton here. Where was Peyton when you found out? Was she in the room or did you call her?
3: Um, she she actually wasn't in the house, because I remember I was in my basement bedroom, yeah. and then I, I walked upstairs, and it was my mom and dad, and I was just like, I did I'm it, <laughs> yeah. I'm committed, I did it, and they just gave me a hug, and were like, we're so proud of you, so yeah.
0: She must have called her then, right? Called Peyton?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. and Pey- yeah, Peyton was so happy for me, and oh, she's awesome. She's so excited, because playing at Anniver with her was super special, and having those two years with her was really special, so how getting two years again with her in college is going to be—I just can't wait.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. She's going to—I've I, yeah. seen this movie. I saw my daughter one, Usher daughter <laughs> yeah. two into yeah. the, uh, into the U last year, and it was fun to watch them yeah. kind of their bond just—it just gets thicker and thicker and thicker. Yeah, you I, know that, yeah. that. I'm I'm definitely excited for that. Yeah. Um, what are you going to study when you're at the U of M? Do you have any plans?
3: I actually I'm see not- this is a part of the equation. Like, yeah. Like,
0: this is yeah. realistically like it's what happens for these people.
3: Yeah. Um I'm actually I don't know. I'm going in undecided, but I've really been looking into like um uh, medical field and maybe possibly like a nurse practitioner or something oh, like that. Cool. Yeah, so I'm thinking of something medical because doesn't your
0: older sister cat have some involvement there, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She owns um, assisted livings within it, Minnetonka. Yeah. So she she was an RN and then started her own business so she's very successful now and is she loves it.
0: You would think that uh, Peyton would have been one of your uh people that leads you but I think Cat does as well. I mean, she's yeah. a pretty good example isn't yeah, she? Yeah,
3: and yeah, and my brother he's also um, doing stuff in the medical field at UMD. So I just have great role models to look <laughs> up to.
0: Role model is the word I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. Remember, it was Peyton, but you know, yeah. and, and great parents too. Fantastic. Oh, for parents. sure. Yeah. All right. So we got this knocked out. Um, last hockey question for you here. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're going in and you're going to have a chance to play. I mean, this is the, the U of M's decor, has, there were a lot of kids that, you know, that graduated. Yeah. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready for the, to make the jump from Minnetonka to the WCHA? You've seen, I'm talking, I'm guessing at least 50 or 60 games of WCHA hockey at this point. Are you, yeah. you think you're ready for that?
3: I think I'm ready. I, I feel I feel pretty confident. I just need to keep on getting stronger and just keep on working. And I feel like I'll be in a good spot. But it's definitely going to be tough. But um, I think I can do it and I think I'm ready.
0: I can't speak for your physical strength, but I can speak (laughs) for your uh, verbal skills and confidence. You did a great job here today. And hopefully the the girls that are listening in from the classes behind will learn something from you and uh, we could add something to them.
3: Yeah. And just for the girls out there who are about to commit, just definitely soak in every moment throughout the process and just take your time with everything. And again, just take in every single moment and just be super grateful for every opportunity you get.
0: There she is, (laughs) Josie Hemp, knocking it out of the park from Minnetonk High School. Good luck to you next year at the U. Thank you. Our final guest is Eric St. Martin. Eric is the father of Ohio State Commit Josie St. Martin, who just completed the recruitment process last fall. My goal in this segment is to hear Eric and his wife Kelly's role in Josie's final decision of becoming a Buckeye. Welcome to the pod, Eric St. Martin.
4: Thank you, Tony. Thank
0: how you me. doing, Eric? Good, how are you? Good, I'm done with that intro that I screwed up <laughs> 43 times. But other than that, we're good to go. Um, Eric, you and I met um, on the onset of the Pee Wee Challenge. You were heavily involved in not just Josie's uh, youth career, but the girls in Stillwater and then girls involved with Team Minnesota, uh, the 2024s, the 06s. You were kind of the uh, guru. And, I could, and here's why I say you're the guru. You showed up at the Pee Wee Challenge draft. And everybody looked to you because you knew this class better than everybody. You know, because you knew the top players from Team Minnesota, but you just kind of knew your way around. And, I don't know, did you win?
4: Because you you won the draft, that's for sure. I don't know if you won the hockey games. One of the years, I don't know if it was the – it might have been the first year of the Pee Wee Challenge. I think our team did win without without Josie. She She got hurt? She got hurt. She had a concussion, so she actually missed – Oh a really? PE challenge so obviously <laughs> I drafted a pretty good team. Yes, yes. I
0: remember the room was like, "Oh, I got that one too." That kind of thing. You know, it's like a fantasy football draft, yeah. but for youth hockey players. Well, um,
4: that draft was so fun, though. We would do it at Censors in Bloomington. Yeah. Good friend Tom Humphrey. Um, he'd always give me grief because I'd kind of know. Yeah. The players and you did he'd go in there like well, who's that who's that <laughs> yeah that was a
0: lot of fun They're a lot of fun those drafts um, okay so let's before we get into some of the the recruitment stuff uh, I talked about you know your involvement as a coach um, you coached actually youth hockey prior uh, to Josie playing hockey um, and then you coached Stillwater 10 years and then one year at 12 years and then the next year Josie's final year, Mira came in and coached. What was your role in the whole process of Josie playing hockey?
4: Uh, we're fortunate we have some land in Stillwater with a nice pond. Oh, really? And so we, you know, I played hockey back in uh, high school for Stillwater, and uh, I'd shovel the pond off, and get her out there when she was, you know, two years old. Yeah, her skating, and she loved skating. So that's kind of her start. And I've always loved hockey, and I volunteered as a as one of the non parent coaches in Stillwater. Uh, coached an APWE team when in my in my mid 20s, and that's kind of where I got my start.
0: I bet you were the cool guy back then.
4: I I was we <laughs> not had, anymore, but you were. We had uh, Scott Faust, Dave Dockniak, uh, great coaches. Uh, Scott was a little hard nosed. Yeah, and uh, I was you were just, the good cap. I was a recent college grad, and uh, in the, even to this day, when I see these these kids, I actually hired one of them. One of them's a really a, on our team. One um, of
0: the players from that the, team. One
4: of the players is a junior advisor on my on my team, my financial services team. Um, but yeah, he was one of the players from back then. But even but it, it, it's really meaningful when these players come come up to you when they're men and say, "Hey, coach." That's yeah, pretty, that's pretty cool.
0: That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So uh, you
4: had one memory. Let give
0: me one memory of coaching Josie. Whether it's a Josie memory or a a player, remember you talked Carly Humphrey there. You know, a lot of girls that you coached. Anything really jump out at you uh, from a coaching perspective of those girls?
4: You know, I, I think for me it was uh, early on the Team Minnesota teams um, that I coached along with uh, Tim Nickham and Corey Fairchild. Scott Sandlin was part of that group. Um, he's an okay coach. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think the memories of going to Chicago and beating the Chicago Mission for example, yeah. they're, they're a big deal. And we'd go down there and, and beat them as, you know, 11-year-old kids, um, you know, going to New York, going to Boston. So some of these out-of-town tournaments with this young group of really talented young female hockey players and, and getting to meet their parents and become lifelong friends, I mean, that's kind of what it's all about. Yeah.
0: You brought up Sandy there. I remember the uh, remember we came right out of COVID. You were probably coaching on the other bench. But it was uh, th- the big one, and we played up in far. It was like the first weekend after COVID. Yeah. We all went up there, and and do you remember who Sandy was coaching with? He was coaching with Fort Fairchild. Guess who else he was coaching with? Was it
4: Kent? Bigger, bigger than Sour? No, not not <laughs> bigger than Kent. No, no <laughs> one's bigger than Kent Sour. No one's bigger than.
0: Sauer. I meant bigger name. Bigger name.
4: Was it Dave Haxtall?
0: Dave Hackstall. Oh yeah, he's now coaching in the Sam. Western Conference Finals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, remember meeting Dave. Yeah, nice And I guy. remember they were probably playing you guys because you guys won that. Because I remember yep. Josie was the white jersey with the red, and they play. And I remember it was maybe the championship or semifinals. And Sandy was been pretty chill all weekend. You know, yeah. he didn't say much, and they were just being cool and chill, whatever. And now it's like a five-four game, and they got the offensive zone faceoff, and yeah. they call time out, and pff, Sandy's got the whiteboard out. He's oh yeah, he's like, like being all cool, and he's like, "Give me the whiteboard, Give me, come and now, or come here." And he starts drawing up a play, and I was like, "Okay, now his competitive juices are officially yeah. in play." Yeah. But that's the kind of relationships that you get to build when you have yeah. a player like that.
4: You meet meet Sandy and Pack and all these guys. It's part part of this job. Well, Sandy kind of steals some of our drills too. When I'm he sure he does. <laughs> no, same story though. I remember we were in a tournament and we were in the locker room. I think we had a five on three. They cleaned the ice after the second period. We had a five-on-three to start the third period against an older team, a really good older team who I think we beat as a younger team. But he got on the whiteboard, drew up the five-on-three power play, and I know we scored on it. So he's he's quite the coach.
0: Yeah, he is. He is. Um, okay, uh, let's get down to some recruiting stuff. Right? Sure. Um, let's, the process is – as we've learned in this pod, we've you're, you're number three on the list. I've learned a lot from Bethany and from Josie. Just just coming up, like it just just happened. Like uh, she talked, Josie talked about being on. You got to always be on, you know, from from day one until the day you commit. And I was like, wow, that's a really good lesson to learn. Yep. And I'm sure from your perspective, uh, as a parent, there's a lot of things that you see and you do as a parent that nobody sees or nobody really feels, but you probably had a lot, you and Kelly had a lot of feelings during this process. And I want to touch on that a little bit more uh, because, you know, the coaches and the players are pretty much the main characters of this, but the supporting actor and actresses are the parents. And I wanted you guys to really have your voice at the table here today. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about um, the preparation for, for June 15th. You guys had a strange, and I'm glad you brought it up before, but I, I, it was the whole World Eighteens was played in Madison. Um and that was June tenth or eleventh. And your June fifteenth was like three days on the heels of that really emotional tournament in Madison.
4: Yeah, that was there wasn't a lot of time with our family to have any downtime from that. You know, it was I know Josie was really tired and you're jumping right back into a, a pretty big deal and a and a big day. June fifteenth is a big day for these young Young girls. Yeah, I mean, and you're putting on the smile and you're on the phone for
0: maybe 10, 12, 14 hours uh, with coaches, and it must just get taxing after a while.
4: The first day is really difficult. You know, we're very fortunate. You know, Josie had a lot of calls, and uh, Minnesota girls' hockey is the best in the country, in my opinion. So I, you know, I would expect a lot of girls, especially coming up to 2025s, a lot of great players. They're gonna have some long days and that first day is really really tough
0: you know the fun part is is you know these girls you know these 2025s and you know it's a it's a really good class that com- follows up your class the 24s are really good uh, what did what from a parents perspective and you got a 25 in mind or whatever parent in mind what would you give them what were some of the tips that you would give them some advice you give them uh, before they get th- Process rolling like think, like
4: it's way in advance, right? Yeah. It's not
0: like that. Don't get started on June fourteenth. No, I, right?
4: There's a lot of pre planning that goes into it. I think, you know, one of the pieces of advice that I could give is uh, have your own email. You know, have have you know, we all have emails. You know, a lot of kids don't email coaches like to email so make sure you have an email that the parent has access to
0: so maybe make a unique one you said yep. something about josie hockey something yeah make a new, yahoo or something make right a gmail yeah
4: get a new gmail email that you can sure. access with your with your daughter i think that was uh but then you have then i found that i had to constantly remind her to check the email because <laughs> <laughs> i'd get them right and uh but then i was waiting for her to do something like hey did you get that email and um, so, but that's, that's a piece of advice, but I think the, the pre-planning is, you know, have an idea if you know, you're going to get some calls on June 15th, um, you know, have an idea, do you know, um, do you want to stay local or, you know, are you okay going out East? For example, is there a conference? Do you want to play in my opinion, in the best conference in the country, the WCHA, right? Does that matter? Is are you going to be a rocket scientist where you got to go to, you know, an Ivy League school? You know, I mean, those are questions.
0: It's a really important, I mean, look at Uma, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. academics was number one in her choice, not
4: number two, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. So she made a great academic choice. She picked the number one or two
4: school in the country. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Princeton is, like right at the top. Yeah. And she, she could have gone anywhere. Yeah, that's mean, my point, right? <laughs> but she committed early, too, I think. Yeah, yes, so she did. She She was off the board, as they say. Yeah, the whole board. It was really
0: interesting. It just came up. We didn't plan it. Uh, we, uh, we, I asked about you. you were the. F- I asked Josie about Josie Hemp about the process. She goes, Yeah, uh, we. It just came up like Ava Lindsay. Remember, she had committed yep. before the rule change. So that was like another year or so before that twenty three class could actually get rolling, roll up their sleeves of the recruiting process.
4: Yeah, that's a crazy, that's such a great rule change. Ah, oh, it's um, the best. I mean, even, um, you know, a sophomore going into a jun- their junior year, they're still so young. They're, you know, they're not thinking about college. I don't think most of them are thinking about college or what they're going to be when they grow up.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of them are thinking about the hockey. Like, hey, yeah. I want to play for Ohio State, or I want to play for Minnesota, or I want to yeah. play for St. Thomas or UMD. They want to do that. Yeah. They are definitely interested in that more hockey when I'm 18. Yeah, sign me up for that. <laughs> yeah. But the academic part of it, what you know, like you said, right? When you said
4: rocket scientists, I'm like, yeah, that's a big part of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then some of these, some of the schools are known, you know, for being a doctor or a, a lawyer or a rocket scientist. You yeah, know I mean. Very fortunate, I think. I think uh, you know, female young female hockey players are very fortunate. You know, if they're getting looks to go play college hockey, whether it's D one, D three, a lot of opportunity, and we're all very fortunate. I, I agree with that. Okay, so um, tell me about
0: exposure. Uh, that's a big term for Minnesota. I think you said it. Uh, I think Bethany said it as well. Is you really don't have to do f- much for exposure if you live in this great state. Yep. Uh, however, there are only six schools in the state, right? Yep. There are 41, uh, 42 now. 42 co- now. 40,
4: 40, what's that? Robert Morris, maybe.
0: Yeah, 42? yeah, yeah. An assumption before that. So so 42 schools, uh, and so 36 of them aren't in Minnesota. Yep. Um, And there are some great schools out there for kids to go play, and some great hockey players from here going and doing quite well. Those places. What are some things to get exposure? What are some of those things for for players to get that exposure so it isn't you aren't cramming on June fourteenth?
4: Well, you know, I mean, uh, I go back to my team Minnesota days. Yeah. Being fortunate enough to be a part of that and coach that, and and coach a lot of great young female hockey players. You know we went to Boston we went to uh, Rochester New York we went to Chicago you know the, there are colleges at these tournaments yeah they, they, you know when you're 10 11 12 years old they're they're writing your number down or your name down and they're gonna track you from when you're that young um, OS you know does a fantastic job coming up here their futures and prospects event yeah got college coaches on the bench you know I mean a lot of great hockey players for that. You know, you've got your USA hockey camps, your Minnesota HP, your national camps. I mean, there's, so, there's a lot of exposure. So I'm guessing the, the coaches know who you are, and they've got a list of, you know, in their mind who the top forwards are, the top D, the top goalies and whatnot. And Minnesota, like I said earlier, Minnesota girls are very fortunate because this is the best hockey in the country here, and, you know, you don't have to really go anywhere else to get noticed.
0: That's correct. Um, so when you prepared, how, okay, uh, is this the right question, list?
4: Did you make a list of schools? So, how well, did you do that? Uh, I'm old school. I printed off, um, I actually printed off um, a picture of our country. Okay. All the states, the 50 states. and I You li- took a
0: scissors and cut it right well, down I, the Mississippi River, right, pretty much?
4: Well, I could have. I didn't do that. I, I could have. <laughs> Um, but literally, I I had a had a piece of paper with the the, the country, the USA, uh, whatever, and uh, and I put an asterisk next to where every school was in which state, and then I and I listed all the schools, uh, all forty one of them, I believe, at the time, like kind of in order of like who was the top school at the time, ranking wise, right. all the way down one through forty one, and where they were all located. And then that's kind of where our list started. And then, then it comes down to, once again, do you want to play in the WCHA if there's an opportunity that comes your way? Or does it, do, you want to, do you want to get away from mom and dad? Do you want to go out east or so, to another school? Um, is, is academics, you said in Uma's case, is yeah. academics number one where you want an Ivy League education? Is that most important to you? I mean, those are the questions you have to ask. All right, so you,
0: you made the list. Um, how much research do you do? Because uh, Bethany was talking about, you know, the, some of the things they like to see is how much they know about our program. Does, I mean, do, do you make that list and then do
4: a little research on each of the teams, who the coaches are, their coaches' names? Do you do that? Um, you know, I started following all the Twitter accounts for all the schools, Oh, that's, that's what I did. So I kind of did some of the research for Josie and, uh, she of course knew girls that went to certain schools or were committed to certain schools. So, I mean, they taught, they're a lot of them are friends, right? I mean, they're talking and on Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. So, I mean, all these girls have a thousand Instagram friends. Correct. Um, so they probably talk amongst themselves a little bit, who's going where and, and so forth. But, um, yeah, I mean, you get to know um, that's part of the parent's role, is to help their child with, understand, you know, who the coaches are, their history, how good of a program are they, which recruits are coming into that program. Because, you know, yesterday, you know, a team could be ranked outside the top 20, but in the next three years, we might know that they have two or three U eighteen USA girls coming in. They have six Canadians coming in. They're going to be a top five school in the next three years. So depth chart is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ohio State just had a major depth chart upheaval
0: for next year. Like yeah. it, it, it's got to be, and then not for not for you in particular, but but for all parents across the board. If you saw what Ohio State did to the last over the last two weeks through the transfer alley, adding six players. Mm-hmm two the class this year, yep. that's, it's not, I'm not saying this is not a Ohio statement statement that could have been Minnesota, could have Minnesota, could have been any school, but the fact that they did it and then the names that they brought in is it's quite arresting. Like, Whoa, this is the reality of what college hockey, especially women's college hockey might look like here in the next
4: five years. Well, I think last year, I mean, I, you know, I do some research on that and I think if you look at the Gophers, the Buckeyes, the Bulldogs, um, I think last year they had nine or ten fifth-year seniors. Yeah, fifth-year players. I think Wisconsin had fewer than that. Wisconsin had a great freshman class last year, in addition to some really good seniors older, yeah, and older, yeah, girls. But it's a new it's a new era that we live in with the portal, the fifth year um, for the next couple of years. So it is what it is. It is. It's a it's a strange
0: reality. All right. So as this process. Was we'll get to the, the June 15th day here. So um, other than a podcast like this and all the stuff on the Internet, did you lean on uh, guys from the 22s, 23s, 20s uh, t- for advice or, or women or parents, coaches? Where did you get your advice uh, for the recruitment process?
4: I would say me personally, probably Winnie and Jason Hemp. Really, you know, those, are, those are a couple couple folks that I trust. Small world, huh? <laughs> yep. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, obviously, they can provide a lot of really good sound advice, and they're two people that I can trust, and uh, they're going to shoot you straight on their experiences, whether as a player or as a father who's gone through it with uh, with Peyton, right? Um, yeah, so that's those are kind of a couple people that I leaned on a little bit. All right, um, and.
0: While you were preparing for that day, uh, was there anything you were kind of afraid of? Like did you have any fears like, hey, maybe she's not going to get a call or maybe she's – I mean, did you have
4: any of that, like, anxiety? Uh, I didn't have anxiety. Um, I was excited. I mean, it's it's it should be an exciting day, exciting process. You know, enjoy the experience. You know, these are – you don't want to get old too quick. You want to enjoy your kid. You don't want to push them through high school. Let's enjoy the high school experience. And this is part of it as an right. athlete getting recruited, hopefully. So I just tried to enjoy the experience and it was taxing on Josie. I'm sure it's taxing on a lot of these young, young hockey players. Um, and the other piece of advice I could give you is, you know, uh, this is a business. It's a job. These are, the coaches that we had, we had interaction with or Josie had interaction with, they were all fantastic. They're wonderful people. They are professionals. Their job is to recruit and to win hockey games. And um, their time is valuable, so make sure you're responding in a timely manner. You know, you're not going to – if you're on the phone with a coach for an hour, you might have three or four phone calls that are coming at that same time. You know, so you better – Take notes of who called you first. You know who did you miss first, and then right. just kind of going on the order there, because you got to get back to a time. Show them respect and get back to them, even if you're not interested. Right? I mean, try to go into the process. There's 41, 42 schools. You know, I think most kids, um, you know, they can maybe knock that list in half, right? Like, realistically. So then focus on the on the the top 10 or 15 or whatnot, but still show respect to the 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 other 20, right? I agree with that. Say thanks, but you know I appreciate Thanks, your but call. no thanks. Yeah, I mean. right.
0: Um so let's go through day uh Josie's day one, but not from Josie's perspective, but from your perspective. The phone's ringing off the hook. Are you in the same room? Are you in the next room? Are you at the office when this is all going down?
4: No, we're in the we're in the same we I think I took that day off. I think I think it was a Wednesday maybe. Okay I could be wrong. Um but I was there the whole day as was Kelly you know this is uh, she's our only child yeah so this is this is pretty cool for all of us and uh, so we were there and uh, we we're impressed with how Josie you know um, responded and how she interacted with these coaches. We were we were in on a couple zooms that day We you, know, you? two or three zooms a couple of the coaches wanted to do zooms and and we were a part of that process. Most of the coaches uh, welcomed that. And uh, there were a couple other zooms that we were not a part of. Josie just took it took it by herself, and uh, um, yeah, a lot of zooms. And then that turned into some home visits. And then, of course, we can talk about this a little bit. Maybe some official visits and so on.
0: Yeah, we'll get to the visits. Um, So uh, on these calls, um, are you when, when she's? I know. Were you going to do some rehearsing with her beforehand? Give I her think potential I questions. Uh, yeah. I think. I mean, I, it's a serious
4: question. Yeah, but the, the kids just ha- these coaches want to want to just have a conversation. They want to make sure that I think they just want to see how you respond if you can carry a conversation. You know, um, not even about hockey, right? Just how's your How's your summer going? You know what? You know what other interests do you have? They just want to. They want to get to know you as a person because for. You know, um, a lot of coaches have never talked to these kids. Yeah. So they're, this is the first time that they're interacting. You know, sometimes you know the the other thing prior to June fifteenth is a lot of the colleges will invite you to camps. Right. You know, so that we a, we definitely we we scratched the surface on the word
0: camps this first first two pods we haven't yeah. really dug into it. What was her experience
4: with camps? Did she like that? It's a, it's a good experience. It's a it's a way to uh, meet the coaches. Um, you know they're not talking recruiting, but no. they're, but they're seeing how they're what type of person they are. Um, how they run a practice. Um, see the facilities of a university. Uh, they're all doing it now. I mean, there's uh, most most schools are. Uh, that's that's how they're getting kids there to you know and then you're showing interest too yeah so so the coaches i think are trying to maybe weed out or, or find like who's really interested in maybe coming here yeah you know when when uh for college so i never thought of it that way i always think of recruiting as uh you know the school recruiting the player but the player's somewhat recruiting the team as well by how much interest she's showing yeah i mean if you're if if you're a young player that uh you know, wants to wear a jersey, it, whatever jersey that is, right. and you have an opportunity to go to their camp, go to their camp. Get yeah. noticed that way. Yeah, it's probably. Um, did Josie
0: send any communications out to schools that
4: they were interested? Not a trick question because this just popped into the conversation yeah. today. Once again, that usually that usually revolves around getting an invite to a camp. So these, these universities are allowed to send camp invites out, right? And part of that is a questionnaire, and so the kids can fill out that questionnaire and say, "Yeah, I'm interested in your camp, and here's a little bit more about myself." To, you know, to give them to give the college. oh, like a little
0: questionnaire, yeah, like, yeah, okay, or like a survey kind of thing.
4: Now, if she's not interested in that school or that camp, she's she didn't respond or go to the camp or go to the camp. Ah, so where you pick camp is part of the equation.
0: I think so. Ah, very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Um, Josie Hemp's regret, or if she could do it all over again, was not have her phone on do not disturb. Because she ended up ghosting schools that she was interested through no fault of her own, but just through technology. She didn't realize that she missed opportunities to communicate with coaches and teams. Right? What would be the one thing, and, I, and I'm, I'm only asking regrets or think mistakes, not because to make fun of you guys, but, like, these are legitimate things that maybe others could avoid themselves. Again, we're not making, you know what I mean? Like, she was open about it. Yeah, I, I really wish I could do this. Is there something that you guys did in the process where you're like, hey, we could do that better, we could have done
4: this differently, we probably
0: would have, uh, just from an educational perspective?
4: Yeah, I think, fol- you know, the follow-up is the key because, if you know, if you're on the phone – and you're getting some calls and so forth, you're missing those calls. And have a notebook. You know, it's old school. Have a notebook. Make sure you understand um, the other part of, uh, uh, you know, some pre-planning. is. Make sure you know who these coaches are, these names corresponding to the schools that may be calling Frost you. Frost equals
0: Minnesota. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Muzzy and, equals Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, like these
4: kind of stuff, right? I mean, and, it's, hey, there's a lot of teams. Yeah. And they're all coach. Yes, so you're not going to say, "Hey Frosty, or, hey, Muzz, <laughs> hey Muzzy." Or, right? But um, you, I was, yeah. But you get what I'm saying, right? That's um, that's another but, good advice, yeah. though. But but also the assistant coaches. Because yes, not all, not all head coaches are making that first call, so you better have an understanding of who the assistant coaches are. Um, you know, so I, that's make sure you have a good idea who the coaching staff is. I would think
0: that putting the names, the contacts, the school would be really important in your phone as a piece of advice. Mm -hmm. Would you say?
4: I would say so, yeah.
0: I don't know who this 507 number is. Yep. And all of a sudden it's, you know, John Harrington. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, from my perspective, if I had a daughter, I would want John Harrington on my list just so I could talk to him about the Olympics. Well, if you have
4: a top 10. Right. Well, exactly well yeah us <laughs> yeah we think about it like, on, like this is, oh, i gotta i gotta touch gold here you but, know um but yeah if, if you have a player that has a top five or a top 10 you better know you better do your due diligence before june 15th to know who may be calling yeah you know, be prepared and then the foul like i said the follow-up is the key because um, you know, take your time. The you know, take your time with the process. It's, it it should be an enjoyable process. The first day is tough, yep. uh, but the follow up is tough too because you you have to follow. You have to get back to these coaches um, in a timely manner. Okay, um, let's talk visits. How does this work?
0: Um, there's such things as official visits where they can actually pay for your flights and your hotel to yep. come and visit your school. Yep. That's my understanding. Um, and and then there are others where you can actually pay for your own and go, and they're called unofficial visits. Mm-hmm. Is there a big difference? Did you guys have a differentiator
4: between an unofficial and official visits? Uh, we did three official. I know we have some friends that, that went the other route. Uh, they did some official, but they also did a bunch of unofficial where they would take a road trip, Yeah, and they'd go out east or go wherever, and they'd visit. They'd, they'd see five, six different campuses, you know, that was on their own dime. They didn't meet the coach or the other players, but they got a feel for the the area, the location, maybe the facilities, um, and so on. That's usually uh, in the summer, though, so you don't get to see maybe that student campus life. Right. Um, but that's unofficial, and, and anybody can do that, and some people do that. We did not um, – we knew some campuses through going back to those camps, right? Yeah. So you knew the, the U of M, UMD, for ex, um, St. Thomas, where they're where they playing Mendoza or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you get to know some facilities that way. But uh, yeah, the the official is the school pays for uh, the player and their parents, and you go out. I can't remember on airfare. I don't know all the details. The details, but. Okay, so on you the five, you get five officials, and that's after August one.
0: Right, so you go on an official visit. Um, you went. You guys decided to go while school was in session. Yep. And so you got to see, you got to see the campus life. You got to see how busy Columbus can be with students—fifty thousand students on campus. Or you got to see UMD how populated it was, and yep. you got to see it kind of all in action. What were some of your takeaways from from those visits? So that would, have as been, a parent, I mean, Josie too. I'd like to hear her take, but I'm more interested in your take of it.
4: I thought it was cool. You know, I I think uh, you get a you get a real good feel for the student body, um, uh, the energy. You know, I think uh, I mean Ohio State as an example. It's a big school, a big campus. If if school not in session, it it's not
0: be- that big. It's just a big empty stadium right well yeah we and then when you get there and it's populated it's a gigantic packed stadium yeah so um, there's my analogy right
4: yeah and um you probably get a bit you know for any bigger school it's probably uh you, you have a much better understanding of what it's really like when school's in session for a big university smaller university maybe not so much
0: right right smaller yeah it was the size of the school a deciding factor. I mean, because that is a big school.
4: Um, I would just say uh, trust in your trust in your daughter. You know, you, that's one of the questions. That, you know, do you want to play at home? Are you okay going away from home where we're not going to see you much? Small school, big school. I mean, those are all questions. You know, you don't have to know the answer on June on June fifteenth, but maybe have an idea. Every every kid's different, but uh, I think every kid's gonna get have a light bulb moment. That's kind of as a parent, that's what you hope for. You hope that your it's your daughter's choice. It's your daughter, you know. But you hope that they have a light bulb moment. And for us, it was Ohio State, or was for her, it, it was, was Ohio it the State. visit that was a light bulb, or was it something on the phone, or uh, I would say the whole the whole package. But I think the um I think the light bulb moment was just seeing campus, seeing the students. You know, Josie made a comment that. Um, at Ohio State, that you know th- these students look like me. You know they yeah they look like just good student athletes. Yeah, um, and did she on her visits meet the players? Yep, she had uh, all
0: on all the visits.
4: Uh, yep, uh, not all the players. No, but some enough um, to get yeah. a feel for what
0: the culture of the program would be. Yeah, like.
4: all the all the schools did a great job of lining up some players. You know, you'd you'd meet some players in the locker room. You'd go to breakfast with with a player or two. You'd maybe hang out for a dinner or lunch <coughs> with a player or two or a handful. You get to watch a practice. That was really cool. Actually, watching you get a you get a pretty good idea on these uh, official visits while schools in session. Go watch a practice. You know, yeah. you get to see and and meet the girls after practice. You get to see the culture. You know, get to see what the locker room is like. Um, see how they interact. See how the coaches run a practice. You know that. So that's that was important. Okay. Um. So you get
0: down to the decision day or the day she's deciding. Um. Do you think on the way home from Ohio State she'd already made up her mind or? Nope.
4: She hadn't made up her mind. No, yet. we hadn't. We, uh, I don't think she had completed. She did. She ended up doing three official visits. We did cancel one official visit. Um, so I have a nice air, airline credit still, <laughs> um, which is okay. Hopefully I can use it. Yep. By the end of the year. But, um, no, she did not know. We still had a couple other visits. And really, um, you know, so you want to get through, you want to commit, uh, to some of these visits, but, uh, yeah okay so the decision comes you
0: guys you she was on the phone and made the decision how did it come down
4: um should I go into that what yeah. I want to talk just it's, it's your pod <laughs> it's your
0: pod. well wait let me back up before all we right, get before we get to right. her decision yeah uh this is something that Josie hemp brought up uh and, and it was really it was like wow that's impressive um The daily, the daily grind of the process. And Josie's like, yeah, I sat down with my mom and my dad, sometimes my mom, sometimes my dad, every day and talked about what was going on. I'm like, this is like a, you know, like four and a half month process. That's a lot of days of sitting down with mom and dad to talk about the process. And the hemp's, you know that house, there's like 10 kids there. So with Josie, I'm sure you guys probably had some kind of daily discussion about the recruitment process.
4: We did. It was it was overwhelming and you're you're right. It was it was a it was almost like a full-time job a little bit even though it, you know it's an honor to have yeah. opportunities and
0: Yeah, you're making but, When you say full-time job, not like it was a pain in the butt, like no. a full-time job like it was overwhelming, yeah. lots lots it, to do.
4: It's a lot for a young you know 10th, 11th grade girl to having to deal with. They they'd rather go hang out with their friends and and Snapchat and not have to deal with reality. On the phone all yeah. the time and Zooms and all that stuff. Um wouldn't trade it for the world. I know Josie wouldn't either, but it she got a little burnt out. You know, it's finally like, "Yep, she she had the light bulb moment. She had done some official visits, uh had a lot of conversations, you know, continued to narrow her list down. There's a lot of follow-up. These coaches stay on her, stay on these athletes they want you know they want to get you to an official they want to see how interested you are and, and vice versa and if she finally just uh she just said you know what I'm ready she's seeing some of her friends commit you know some of the, some of her friends committed That's a factor two isn't it yep some of her friends uh and then you get to know which schools you're interested in and which schools that aren't interested in you you know yeah. um we were fortunate a lot of schools were interested in Josie but they they all weren't yeah and then you know a few of them maybe uh became cool on her too. So that took them out of the running. So you just have to find the right fit. Here's a, a
0: a concept that I didn't know until today. Like I actually, I learned a ton here today, but here was one that Bethany said, yeah, there's some schools that day one, mm-hmm. June 15th, mm. just dropped the offer. Yeah. Did she, did that happen? Did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> Sight yeah. unseen. You're coming to state you,
4: right? Well they yeah Did they I mean, put a deadline on it? No deadlines. No deadline. Not not her not she our She said experience. that has ha- she was that yeah. has
0: happened where they Yeah. I've heard yeah.
4: that. Um like I said, we were fortunate. Um uh, she was uh she was made, you know, there were offers made to her on day one. What do you do with that? Well, it's 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 humbling, it's exciting, it's like, oh my gosh, this is for real. And as a mom and dad, it's you're like Yes. Yeah, but you're yep. also hitting the you're hitting the accelerator with one foot <laughs> and the brake pad with the other, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, we figured there would be some offers, you know, some good offers, and uh, we're very lucky, very fortunate. That she's earned it. And um, enjoy the process, enjoy the experience. We are not making a decision on day one. Some some kids, like I like I said, some kids they have a dream of wearing whatever jersey. And if that offer comes from that jersey, sign me up. I'm in, and that's there's nothing wrong with that either. No, but I think you need to do your due diligence, see what see what's out there, um, big school, small school, see the culture, see what type of players are there right now, um, and then make your decision after you after you've kind of done some research and you know had some experiences. When you go
0: back and look at this process, you say, you know, biggest honor, and it was really cool. Is there something that you had uh, learned from it that you could say, hey, uh, th- this is what I would do, not necessarily differently, but I, or I'm glad that I did this, and I wish I could tell someone else to do it, too? Besides
4: the email address. I think that was awesome, by the way. Yeah. Um, I would say... Do some visits. I, you know, I think the see the campus, see the facilities, uh, get to know the coaches better. Um, all the coaches that we've that we've had experience with have been wonderful. You know, they're great people. They're they're good recruiters. I mean, that's their full time job. Uh, you get, but get to know the person. You know, not just the hockey coach, but the person, and and they want to get to know you too. They want to make sure you're a good fit for their program, their culture. Uh, but it goes, to, it's a two way street. But I would just say, um, just do your due diligence ahead of time. Uh, do your homework because the coaches are going to do their homework on you as a as a player, as a family, a little bit, and uh, just take your time. Well, I will say this: you did take your time. Um, I have
0: we schedule out our tweets, right? Like our who's committed yeah. tweets both boys, boys, girls. So, you know, you have the Jason Chagabay you get them all lined up. Right. And, and man, did my Josie St. Martin tweet just sit there in the inbox for days on end. You could, you could have just <laughs> tipped me off and said, we're going to take six weeks here instead <laughs> of August one. Like August one was my scheduled date to start dropping these tweets. And they, I remember you said it was late September. So it was six or seven weeks, and yep. and the reason I bring up the tweets because the tweet is a big deal, right? You know yep. the announcement's a big deal, and you know the the, the post on Instagram is a big deal. But what the lesson is is that I want people to listen. To, it no one wins
4: committing on August first. Well, you have to do some scheduling if you're going to take some visits, right? June fifteenth, uh, you know, you can take a visit on August one. So you gotta right. you gotta you know, that's, you know, a month and a half or whatever, um, commit to it. You know, if you're, if you're one, like I said, if you're one that wants to wear a Jersey and you get an offer, boom, there's nothing wrong with that. But our experience, Josie experiences, we're going to take our time and we're going to ma- make sure it's the right decision for you as, as long as this, whatever school it is, is interested in you. We're very fortunate. It's Ohio state. Um, but that means you have to wait till August one to do some visits. Yeah. Um, were the in-person meetings
0: kind of a new level, like, you know, of engagement, you know, for the kids?
4: Uh, her top three um, all did home visits for us, with us. They came to your home? They came to our house. So That's that, pressure? Uh, it was no pressure. It was- You got to make dinner. It, well, they were all lunches. They were all lunches. Okay. And, and Kelly- uh, Knocked it Kelly out? Kelly had a heck of a spread at, at all three. All right. Um very healthy. There you go. I like that. <laughs> um, but no, that was a that was a those are wonderful experiences to really uh, you know, sit outside on a beautiful day or sit across a table enjoying lunch and just free flowing conversation. Um, our family of three, along with our dog and cat. And then of course the coaching staff, and a lot of times it was not just the head coach but the assistant coaches as well. Yeah. That you want to get to know. Um you probably ha- learned a lot. Learned a lot, but yeah, like I said, it's all great people. But that was a wonderful experience, and I wouldn't trade that for the world. And uh, it would be nice if that if every um, girl coming up ha- would have an experience of doing a home visit. That'd be great. That's get good to know, stuff. The, get to know the person. All right, last
0: but not least, we got the encapsulating question. Mm-hmm. Any last mm-hmm. words of advice for that kid uh, that? parent who's about to go through this process in the next few weeks what would eric give them advice to do
4: enjoy the experience you know it's you're only going to get recruited once most likely um enjoy the experience uh get a good night's sleep the night before that not only the the girl but the parents um because those calls start early you know those texts those emails those phone calls start early, and it's you know it may last an entire day if you're lucky, you know, and that's that's awesome. Uh, do your research ahead of time. Um, you know, try to knock your list down. Um, you, you you can't talk to 42 schools. You know, you can't have follow up conversations with 42 different coaches. It's not realistic, right? So ask, the, you know, answer the basic questions. Do you want to stay local? Are you okay going out east? As an example, right? Do you want to play in the best conference, WCHA, in my opinion, um, or you just is that wanna, an opinion? I don't even. That's a fact. That's a fact. A, that's isn't a fact. It? Okay. Um, or are you okay? You know, playing in a different conference. Um, I'm not trying to offend anybody here. No, I I am, but, but you you're, <laughs> I, you I I realize you aren't. Um, so try to answer those questions and. Um, you know, and, and you can ask, ask, answer the questions, you know, what do you want to do? You know, is, is there a school, if you really want to get into the weeds, are, are, are there schools out there that really have that major that you're really interested in? Yeah, And that, you know, for Josie is about hockey. She was hockey and let's go win some hockey games and I want to compete. Win um, a national championship. Win a national championship. That's the goal for, for her. Um, but, um, and then the follow-up is the key. You know, you have to show every coach that puts their time into you to make that call. That's interested in you. That's showing interest. Make sure you're following up. That's very important. So we've tried to we tried to instill that in in our Josie. Well, this is
0: fantastic stuff. I really enjoyed getting to reunite with you after many years of seeing you in rinks and lobbies and Madison and yeah. everywhere else in between. It's been fun to get to know you, and can't wait to see. Uh, Josie uh, go for her Swan song this year as a senior at Stillwater and I'm excited to watch it all unfold
4: yeah thank you for all that you and Peter and your whole staff do Tony it's uh, thank you for the coverage for the for the girls game in Minnesota and uh, we're very lucky thank you for being a big part of that and uh yeah Minnesota is is great I, I'm excited I'm excited to see the 25s. And, how, know, it down, and right? how it goes down, right? So are down. we. Because we, we, you know, we know the 25. So I'm have fun. I'm excited to see how it shakes out. So thanks for having me. Well, this was an absolute
0: blast. Uh, thanks to Eric St. Martin for being our final guest on today's Minnesotan Pod. You need to stay up out in the streets
1: if you can't take the heat. You need to stay up.